0: Behind the Screens takes you beyond the code and into the open source community, with short interviews from live events all over the world. Made possible by Lullabot, your number one source for strategy, design, and Drupal development for large-scale digital publishing. Find us on Twitter at Lullabot, or in your browser at lullabot.com. I'm here at DrupalCon Seattle, and I'm talking with Hussein Abbas on this episode of Behind the Screens. And Hussein, I've seen you at a few DrupalCon events and around the community. Uh, you came all the way to Seattle from India, correct?
1: That's right. That's right. Uh, this would be my fifth DrupalCon in North America, actually. Uh, fifth in a row. And, you know, so I started attending since Los Angeles. And, yeah, uh, every year I'm fortunate enough to come here. And, uh, uh, you know, in, in initially it was uh, due to uh, my organization, actually. And... Uh, now, you know, this is this, the third year I've, uh, I've received a grant from Drupal Association. So, yeah, uh, they, are, they are the people who make it possible for me to attend. That's
0: wonderful. Why is it important for you to attend DrupalCon North America as opposed to Europe or to just go to smaller camps? Why, do, why did you want to come here?
1: Well, uh, it's not really that, you know. I mean, I would love to attend uh, DrupalCon in Europe. Uh, unfortunately, the dates have never worked out for me. Uh, uh, it will this year, so I'm looking forward to DrupalCon in Amsterdam this year. Uh, I, I missed the last three; you know, the dates always coincided with something else. Uh, and the thing with DrupalCon is the people. You, you know, we we always say that. You know, even though it is, I, I guess by this point it's cliched to hear that, but you know, it's still true. So I'm going to say it anyway. Drupal is, you know, uh, you know, you come for the code, but you stay for the community. That was my story, and I'm sure it's it's, it's this you know the same story for every, a lot of people over here. Um, so that's essentially why I'm here, you know, to meet the people. And uh, I started off attending events. You know, I think the first international event I attended, a Drupal related event, was in Melbourne, and uh, Los Angeles was just right after that, and. It's been, it's been a great uh, experience. Every event I go to, it's a great experience. You know, in like, Just had to like pick one and maybe I'll fill three of your podcasts. Yeah. Episodes. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. And well, you said earlier, we were talking that you've been doing a lot of traveling leading up to coming to Seattle. So where have you been and what, what have you attended? Tell me about this, uh, this journey that you've been on.
1: Yeah, uh, well, this trip has been the longest trip I've been away from home uh I, I miss my family you know my kids uh so i started off my this i started of this trip with drupal camp london that was on march 1st and 2nd and uh after like immediately after that uh, we have uh drupal, uh drupal mountain camp in davos uh, so it's just like you know the next day i took a flight and went to davos and uh, right after that uh, You know I could go I could have gone back home but I I don't know I didn't want to do a lot of (laughs) flying I mean I love traveling I flying not so much Uh, so I stayed in London uh, for the rest of the 20 days or so and uh, yeah so it's like straight from London to over here and yeah at the end of this week I'm going back home
0: so finally getting some some break to head back home after Seattle so how long have you been away from family altogether now
1: it will be 45 days by the time... Well, technically, it won't be 45 days because when I reach back, uh, my family won't be at home. Oh, no. <laughs> so where will they be? Uh, they are in Mumbai right now. Oh. Uh, so, I... Uh, later this month, I'll be going and picking up my kids from Mumbai. So, in all, I'll be away from my kids for, what, like, 55 days?
0: Wow! That's quite an adventure.
1: It's a... Yeah. Well, they're having fun and I hope they're missing me. <laughs> I'm missing them. But... Yeah, uh, they're having fun in Mumbai, and uh, well, I'm traveling.
0: So, tell me a little bit about what you do in the Drupal community. What's what particular part of Drupal do you work on? Do you enjoy being a, a member of?
1: Um, so, I started off. You know, when I started off in Drupal community, it was through code contributions. Uh, I had a like an, uh, a free afternoon once, and then I thought, you know, okay, you know, Drupal eight is you know a lot of people are talking about Drupal 8 let's go see you know what's going on over there this was i think around 2013 or 12 i, I could be mistaken but around that time and um, i thought okay let's let's go see different issues you know what's going on and then i thought okay yeah, this is something i can help with uh, I, I started off with like you know like a simple re re-roll, typo corrections and all that and uh, it kind of snowballed and uh, you know, before I knew it, it was like, okay, the issues are getting uh, committed and um, it was surprising to know that people know me, you know, and like, that was my first experience in Melbourne and especially in Los Angeles, uh, the, the DrupalCon in Los Angeles. Uh, a lot of people, you know, they just came up to me and said, you know, oh, you Hussein, and I don't even know them. <laughs> uh, and then they would introduce themselves and said, oh yeah, okay, we know each other from the issue queue. That's how I started. Uh, and uh, things changed since then. I don't get a lot of time to contribute in code anymore. Uh, Occasionally I do, you know, like, uh, so I I serve various roles at my organization. I'm an engineering manager. Uh, Also provide oversight on best practices and all that. And whenever there is an opportunity, whenever there is something we can fix in core, I help over there. But my primary uh, contribution now is to help people do the contribution themselves that's something i do in my organization and i find i do more of that in the drupal community as well so uh, aside from organizing events i've been organizing events since uh uh, well i don't remember how many years now but i think around 2015 so something like that maybe uh so meetups and then uh, camps and like you know events of different sizes uh helping chair different events uh, for example DrupalCon came to Asia was uh, one of the practice but also uh, one of the volunteers on site you know when we were touring the locations you know where we, where we would hold the event um, and uh, like you know it, like, it, kept, it kept on going from there you know um, for example I helped, <coughs> helped out a bit like very little bit but I helped out a bit in um, the value and principles committee that's like that's talking about the drupal values and principles that we have you know that we have like focused on the uh, principle number eight right now Uh, so that and uh, the DrupalCon amsterdam advisory board so like these are the kind of things i do right now code not so much but yeah occasionally you know it, it does come once in a while
0: yeah, that's a lot of people may not realize that there's a lot of ways to contribute back to the community without needing to write code. I mean, Drupal is code; there is a basis for that, but there are so many other facets to the whole organization of the Drupal project where people can contribute without needing to know how to write PHP or JavaScript or any of that. And one of those, one of my favorite things to do is stay on Friday to do what used to be called code sprints. Now it's the the contribution. Contribution uh, day. Yeah, just the contribution day. Yeah, it's not a sprint. It's not all about writing the code is about helping people and and teaching people, so will will you be a part of that on Friday?
1: Yes, I'll try to be a part of it for the first half. Uh, I'm flying out on evening, uh, so yeah, I'll probably be here for a couple of hours.
0: Could you think of something that the community is doing really well right now, and maybe an example of something where you think the community could stand to improve?
1: I think it's the same answer, you know, like if you look at it from different points of view, it's the same thing that we're doing. Uh, we are quite good at introspecting ourselves and like seeing that uh, you know in many ways uh, not be in terms of code but in terms of community we are pioneers uh, in in how open source communities should run Uh, so we are at that position you know where we are in a way we are leading the pack and uh, we have a lot of impact in other open source communities you know because of The fact that we are pioneers here, but also then we have to be a little bit uh, humble. Well, but that's not exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, But you know, something like you know, like kind of being a moderate on these terms. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I I do do see that people try to, uh, I'm sorry, like to uh, to moderate the tone of the voice, uh, so that you know that we're not appearing too aggressive. Maybe you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's not like. uh, Okay, you know, like this is like this is how we run communities. So this is how we think everyone should run communities. I mean, of course, we don't try to do that, but uh, it's like it's like if we're walking a thin line. Mm-hmm. So, it's so maybe not
0: enforcing our opinion, but sharing our opinions so yes. that others just can learn from it instead of prescribing you
1: know, it. Right, and the communication, like communication, is a tricky business, right? And, and especially in these uh, things, you know, where uh, where a person's ego plays a bigger role it's really important how, how we communicate mm-hmm. and uh, you know I think what we do is we at times we introspect and see how we are doing at this uh, you know, at this this dimension of communication so that that's a good thing that that we are doing you know uh, we are already like I said we are already pioneers over here you know it's not like we have to like grow somewhere else you know, like, you know it, it's all about sustaining our position uh, that we are part of a larger community you know one way to put this is the, okay the larger open source community but another way I would say is that you know the you know, the humanity of like the, like the all the people on this planet you know we are a part of that we are writing this open source software to help people right and so uh, and and people are complex beings you know emotions and ego and we have to understand in you know, how that works uh, I think we are doing a good job at that you know we introspect and that's a good start
0: yeah I, I agree it's the community's grown so so large since I've been a part of it since you've been a part of it even that I, I think we need to and you're right we've I like the way that you phrased that we're being we're good at being introspective and taking a look at where we are and how we can position ourselves for without being direct or prescriptive of the way it should be because we do it but sharing what we know and including everybody especially for people who are newer to the community may not have that viewpoint where those of us who've been around for a number of years have seen it grow and watched what we've become, to walk into it fresh is a little bit different. So you have to know where you came from to know where you're going. That's one way to say
1: certainly, it. Certainly.
0: So I'd like to get to know you a little bit more as a person. We've talked about the community and the code a bit. So I've got a couple of fun questions here. We'll toss a few of these in. Uh, if you could have an endless supply of any food for the rest of your life, no money, no fee, what food would you choose?
1: <laughs> it's, this is really easy for me. That would be Ambur Biryani. Uh, and I might have to ask you how to spell that and what that is so I can put that into the notes. Uh, okay, so uh, you might have heard of Biryani. It's a really popular dish. Uh, it's an Indian dish, but, but it's like it's carried all over the world. Uh, now, there are like many dozen styles of biryani and uh, the one that's my favorite is from a place called Ambur. It's a small town in uh, Tamil Nadu in south of India. It's a very simple biryani, you know, like uh, biryani, they they range from like a very simple, you know, so biryani is essentially rice uh, cooked in a gravy of some sort, you know, flavorful gravy. And uh, some of them are like very simple, uh, you know, like just rice, uh, like, they're just colored because of the gravy, and some of them get really complex you know with like lots of different kinds of uh, meat and vegetables and nuts you know dry fruits and everything so uh, i like i like it simple and Ambul biryani is one of the simplest biryani there is.
0: i need to expand my culture or my uh, culinary horizons a little bit and start exploring some of these now so I'm going to use this interview as that excuse to learn what everybody's favorite dishes are from different, uh, countries, different places around the world and, and start experimenting.
1: If you're in Bangalore, you know, uh, I, this is, there is this place, uh, you know, the, this is the restaurant that actually started off the Amur Biryani. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, they serve it on a banana leaf and everything. Mm-hmm. We should go
0: there. I, I can, I will come to India and you can take me and I would love that.
1: That's
0: All right. One more, we'll throw one more of these fun ones in here. Um, one household chore that you would never have to do again. You can get rid of it completely. It's always just done. Which household chore do you get rid of?
1: Folding clothes. You I'm would... laundry I'm I'm fine with laundry, you know, I, I get laundry done, but like the folding clothes part is very boring. Very boring. Yeah, it's
0: very true. You gotta find the right thing. I always put like a TED talk on in the background while I'm folding clothes and try and yeah. distract myself with that.
1: Podcasts for me. Yep.
0: there you go Hey, well, this this could be part of it now if you're folding your laundry throw on the behind the screens podcast learn a little bit about the community you've done a lot of traveling as we were talking about so tell me one of your your favorite travel tips what's something that you would share with somebody else about how to how to manage when traveling for so many days in a row over such distances
1: checklist I think that's an easy one you know a lot of people already know this but uh, this really helps uh, earlier there was always something I would have forgotten but now I have like a checklist you know okay, that this is I have like a, it's like muscle memory I'm going to just, like okay pull in the universal converters the the power converters right mm-hmm. you need that uh, I carry around uh, so the electronics uh, that I need to carry you know things like my presentation remote and uh, the VGA convert and all that so I carry a, a case uh, and everything's in there that actually makes it very easy at airports you know if they ask me to remove like uh, extra electronics you know in India they ask you to remove all the electronics from the bag not just the laptop so like this is very easy just take the bag out uh, like the box out and keep it in you know no no messing with wires and everything so I try to organize all of that as much as possible which is uh, you know it serves two purposes you know uh, if I, I work remotely so wherever I go I you know I start working uh, that's one so all I have to do is like take one box you know not remember okay I've taken multiple things and uh, while traveling against the same thing I just pick it and I'm sure I have everything I need
0: that's a great tip I like that just have it all ready to go right there and yeah and for extra security too that makes it very simple to, to get through I hate that when you have to fumble through the air the airline security airport security pulling things out trying to stuff it all back in
1: it's a good tip it's meaningless here you know over here i end up asking the the security uh, staff and like you know uh, do, do i need to remove anything else say, no no just laptop you're fine and like i'm done in 30 seconds indian airports remove the camera once they asked me to remove the lens for some reason <laughs> wow that's intense yeah uh, that, that is they were, there was a charger there was a phone charger left in so you have to remove that as well
0: wow <laughs> well that's good to know for anyone traveling through india they're very thorough
1: they are,
0: they are. All right. Well, one last question, Hussein. We've all been in the community for a while, and I think we've all found someone who's given us a little push along the way every once in a while to you know, help us along. Is there anyone you'd like to say thank you to or share some gratitude towards who maybe gave you a hand along the way?
1: I don't think that any person you know like can travel the whole journey in anything, not just an open source journey, but like in anything, just on their own so there have been many hands along the way I've been fortunate to receive help from a lot of people you know amazing people like, like the name just go on uh, so what I'm going to do is I just mentioned two people who helped me at the beginning of this journey and like that was the encouragement that I needed to like to you know to keep going you know? otherwise I would never have started I guess uh, first is Ankur uh, he's he's actually my boss and uh, when I joined my current company Accelerant I, I had a bit of a tough time with something and uh, he recognized that and instead he put me uh, you know he said you know like you know, rather than doing all of this you know just become a full-time code contributor and I did that that provided me a lot of opportunities to you know grow my the grow the contributions that I was already doing now I could do it full-time uh, well 80% of time but that's practically full-time and uh, the second person I mentioned my first trip to a Drupal event in Melbourne, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Angie Byron, Webchick, she was keynoting this event, and that was a great trip for me in many ways. But you know, one of the uh, the strangest things that happened to me over there was when I walked into the keynote. I was a bit late. Well, actually, uh, honestly, I was about twenty minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't realize I had to walk the, all the way. All the way, but anyway, yeah. Uh, so. I walked into the room and uh, I see my photo on the screen. And I was shocked. Uh, it's like, you know, you, you have those weird thoughts. My weird thought was that, you know, they have a camera. All the day <laughs> And whoever walks in the screen is, you know, it's like the shame wall or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't, was it? It wasn't, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Webchik did a really cool thing, you know. I, I think she does, you know, every now and then, you know, where she collects all the contributors who are atten- going to attend that event and puts it up in the keynote, you know, like it's like kind of, uh, you know, it lets everyone, all the attendees know that, you know, it's like the contributors are not like, not like special people. They are here, you know, like anybody can be a contributor. Uh, anybody can contribute over. And I mean, of course, you know, over like, at that point of time, it was still, you know, there were many forms of contribution. They were always there, uh, but uh, they were not as recognized. It was just code. So, like, all the people on the list were mainly code contributors. Uh, now that has changed. And, like, uh, uh, I kind of, I think I, I think I went off in a different direction. So, I'll just get back on that topic later. <laughs> so, that particular trip, you know, what she did at that time. And uh, uh, the sprints, you know, you just mentioned the sprint. Uh, we had a sprint at that point. The, uh, they were still called sprints back then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I helped someone fix an issue. And that uh, that was picked for the code commit, uh, the the live commit, you know? mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was I mentored over there, so like again, you know, I got to be there, uh, you know, along with everybody, along with Chick while she was committing the code, and then uh, the other people who were there, uh, who helped fix this issue, and uh, like these two events, but like everything between them as well. Uh, it was a huge motivator for me to, you know, to to see the uh, uh, value in contributing, you know, in being part of this community where someone, you know, like, so I had never met Webchick earlier. I mean, of course, I knew her from Ishikus, That's it. I never met her. So someone you have never met does something like this. (laughs) It was really amazing for me. That's, That's an
0: incredible story. I can't imagine that walking into the room, you know, late. Everyone's already involved, and you see your face up on the screen. That must have been surreal.
1: It was. It was. It was. Like I said, the parrot. I already shared the paranoid moment, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's incredible, uh, Hussein. Thank you very much for taking a few minutes to talk today. I really appreciate it.
1: it it's my pleasure. I enjoyed. I really enjoyed this chat.
0: Hey, it's Nick from Drupal Camp, Colorado. What's happening with this year's camp, Nick? We'll be at the King Center on the Auraria Campus in downtown Denver. August 2nd through 4th. On Friday, we'll have trainings and summits. Saturday, we'll have keynotes, sessions, and then a party to cap the day off. And then we'll have mentored sprints on Sunday. As always, registration will be free, but a personal donation of 25 bucks or more gets you this year's custom design camp t-shirt and good Drupal karma. Keep an eye on our website for registration and session announcements at drupalcampcolorado.org.